0: hey what's up everyone this week's book talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell what we should know about the people we don't know and this is a really interesting journey through uh what we think when we meet someone we don't know Uh, How we have a tendency to believe people, how we have a tendency to judge people and make presumptions about how our relationship will go long before we know anything about them. And what you're going to learn here are techniques to more effectively deal with strangers and, you know, to avoid some painful, maybe embarrassing situations. But more importantly, to potentially not lose out on someone that could be a big benefit to your life. So by the end of this, you'll have a good idea about how you should go about talking with strangers. Hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Books to Business podcast, season three, episode one, new location, new book, new
0: everything. Yeah, everything's lost. We we were doing our <laughs> new studio. We couldn't <laughs> find the book. So this is going to be a quick podcast. But we're doing Talking to Strangers What We Should Know About the People We Don't Know. And I love it. What was your first,
1: like, what was your gut instinct? What was your first impression once you finished? Was it what you expected?
0: I, no, no. It, well, me neither. I, I didn't really understand the title that, that much. I, I knew, you know, Talking to Strangers is something I've done a lot in my life. So I, I thought it might be about how to, how to better communicate with strangers, but I don't think it has anything to do with communication. I think it's more to do with per perception. Right. You know, and how you perceive someone and how we're almost always wrong about it. Yeah. Which I'm very good at. I'm very Detecting? good at being wrong. Oh yeah. Very good at being wrong about somebody. hard on yourself. <laughs> no, I got track yeah. marks on
1: I, my head. I, <laughs> but, I loved the stories. Like yeah. I thought the stories were great. I, you know, particularly because this is a, a, you know, books to business podcast, my my thought as I'm reading is always like, okay, well, what are the pieces that I can take out and, and, you know, we can give to the folks pertaining to their business. And like the, the string tying this together was a little different, a little, a little convoluted. Um, but there were still some great things. And I think some things that we can talk about with regard to, you know, how we interact, how we judge each other or maybe not pick things up when we should um how humans default to truth you know basic concepts
0: yeah we're still gullible we're still a gullible species i think we we want to believe somebody is who they say they are and there's so many instances where that's not true especially in the in the stories that he talks about in his book there's some great stories that kind of reminded me of like Amanda Knox and mm. the uh, and the and the uh, this, there's all kinds of cool stories about spies, and uh, you know how judges are always wrong. It's like one one to the next is like the, all these great stories.
1: Yeah, let's start with the judges one because I feel like that tees everything up nicely.
0: Especially <clears throat> yeah, when we're, we're so adamant that algorithms are amazing and artificial intelligence is going to disrupt, and we need to get ahead of it. Is um, there there uh, was a a mathematician that that fed half a a million uh, convictions and uh, judicial uh, uh, sentencing into an algorithm that gave the the algorithm, the computer, the exact data that the judges had. Yeah. And the judges were 25% more likely to make a bad decision on who would be a recidivist, which means a repeat offender. The algorithm was better by 25%. Which is amazing. Right.
1: And, and the crazy thing is, the judges had more information, right? So the deal is, the judges are looking at people, right. you know, after they've been um, starts with an A when you get accused of arraigned, <laughs> and he's setting bail, right. and or she. All right, they have a lot of information. The computer with the same people, right, has basic information mm-hmm. on the folks, and so the judge decides yes or no. did they get bail? Same thing with the computer. The computer looks at the person based on very essential data, goes, eh, maybe, maybe not. And what it turned out, uh, to uh, to Terrence's point, 25%, the the computer was 25% better at choosing people that would not commit a crime when they were on bail. So that means that the judges would grant bail to people that they shouldn't or that were high risk offenders because right. they're looking at them and they're seeing their smile and they're seeing how they're talking and, and all this information that's not pertinent, yeah. but helps the judge come to this conclusion that you know what, I think they're safe. I right. think we can put them back out into society, yeah.
0: which is just terrifying. They're getting worked. Yeah. It's the good news that you don't know what the word arraignment means, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, worked, I worked for a district attorney for a while. I just... Oh, you did? I, Steve, you I, ever been, on been arraigned nine. on a criminal charge? I have not. Not yet. What about the, pl- the controversial playground activity that you have when you... Yeah, do I mean, you? they should have got me there, but... <laughs> Uh, Yeah, the... Just just clarify, that's a joke. (laughs) 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 Damn it. You got to listen to the other podcast. Yeah, there's a joke way back. Uh, Uh, For anyone anyone that's picking that up and turning (laughs) off the podcast. (laughs) Well, Steve goes to playgrounds and he jumps and dunks his basketball and then turns the video cameras on. So one day we're in a foreign country. He goes... (laughs) Even that's creepy. We (laughs) we didn't find a playground. And that's where the joke came from. He wanted to go play basketball. Yeah, Yeah. Completely innocent. But the... (laughs) <laughs> the, the, work, the workings of the interaction when you see someone physically, I mean, the dynamic here, which I think is interesting, is if the judges didn't see the people's the reaction, like the, the, the smiles and the... But the computer and, didn't see it. Yeah, no. If, if the judges didn't, it would be interesting oh. whether or not they would have released some of the people. Because on paper, some people look like absolute hell. Right. And in person, they could look they're very innocent. If you look at, like, the, the serial killers, that, like, who's the guy that ate everybody? Dahmer. Oh he my god! Like a pretty, pretty unassuming dude. <laughs> yeah, and you keep seeing all these instances. Ted Bundy. It's yeah, like, yeah, good-looking guy. It, right. You right. Know, that's a, you know, and I think that translates into observations you make in, in life. You know, meeting new people, neighbors, meeting people to date, meeting people to interview. You know, for business owners trying to build team members. Right. How, like, how I think we that
1: do
0: you're almost better off not interviewing, according to this algorithm. I know. Just have the a computer is, put in the info. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. It's just It was very surprising that you they basically were alluding to the fact that if you don't meet someone, you'll, you'll make a more accurate judgment based upon the data. It
1: clashes with a lot of what we've read in a, right. in a million books with regard to leadership and character and understanding. I mean, it's, and by the way, this book's not saying throw it out. It's just making the point that we're terrible at assessing other people.
0: Right. Strangers. People yeah. we don't know. We're making these... These judgment calls are based upon a look someone has on their face or how how, how they handle confrontation. Mm. It's like two different people. Sometimes people that don't handle confrontation well are nice people that don't get confronted very frequently. Right. That was one of the reasons Amanda Knox, the Italian um, uh, murder case that that uh, she didn't handle the accusation. She wasn't like screaming out to say, I didn't do this. What are you crazy? Right. She got a little weird because I think she was so surprised that she was being accused. She didn't understand how to how to react. Yeah. She had a mismatched personality.
1: That's it. Yeah. So she, she wasn't grieving and mm-hmm. people looked at her because she was wrongfully accused. Right. And so, or, or so, you know, it goes, right? But so people would look at her and see her behavior and think like, Traditionally, someone who cares that their friend dies doesn't act like this, and so right. people really painted her in a bad light. And, and she's, yeah, what um, uh, Gladwell calls a mismatched personality, where how she is and how she acts they're two different things. Like Bernie right. Madoff, oh, god, yeah. right? Like a very you know, he talks about him, uh, a very you know, charismatic, good natured guy, mm-hmm. seems like a, just a great person, and he's a monster, and yeah. they're the scariest because you can't read someone like that.
0: Because yeah, you want to believe it's true. I mean, think about it. The, he was in the most highly regulated industry. He was in my industry. Uh, you know, He did it differently, but we dealt with securities, and securities is incredibly regulated. So he was basically making up returns that were against all reasonable performance that was, his contemporaries were getting. And every time he was investigated, because there are instances where people are like, how's he doing this? They would just when they got close to getting the answer right, they would just stop because uh, they would say, oh, well, someone else surely would have gotten him Mm. probably is a savant or he's probably is. He said his his excuse was Bernie Madoff's excuse was that he could see around the corner because he got out at the right time like he would have gotten out a month ago. But the reality was, there was nothing in there anyway. He was what just, was he
1: doing? Was he insider he was, trading?
0: Uh, no, he was. He was. Uh, he would. It was a Ponzi scheme. So he was taking money as an investor. He would produce these fake reports, like I've gotten fifteen percent when everybody else got nine, and when everybody else lost twenty, he'd he'd go up three. So he was. I mean, he was literally pulling it out of thin air. It was a, a complete fabrication. So in a Ponzi scheme, if he if he, it, 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 I think it started out with he got good returns and then he needed to raise more money so he started making up returns probably in the hope that he'd ultimately make those returns never did so now he had to continue chasing a lie you know you make one lie you got to a bigger lie to cover up the first lie. that's what he did with investment returns okay and the regulators would have caught him probably at some point because people asked for money to get back and the money was all gone he had spent it there was no the, on their statement they'd say you know you have million dollars and they said well send me a hundred thousand he didn't even have that
1: and uh, the idea was the the perception was he was too big of a fish to like, right to be doing anything um, illegal like that surely someone would have snagged them I love
0: the guy that caught him his name was Mark Oh Mark. Like he was a he was a, a white white crime fraud investigator independent and he ended up being like a, like a legitimate skeptic. He'd never want to be his friend. Like, he doesn't believe anybody. And uh, because his dad, his dad at a restaurant growing up, like everyone ripped him off, you know, stealing shit out the back door and giving food yeah. away. Like, I've seen that movie. And so he finally, <laughs> he, he, he tried on three occasions to, to send information that this guy's wrong. This guy's not, there's no way he's doing it right. And uh, ultimately, they got him.
1: Yeah, he tried to. Uh, that, there's a pretty cool story in the book. He tried to. Well, actually, he regrets doing it, but he had information, some numbers on Bernie Madoff. Yeah. And uh, remember, he was he put on like a coat. They thought they were gonna kill him, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he goes up and he like, you know, puts it in a brown envelope and slips it to someone, and en- ended up never getting. I think it was the DA. But Elliot Spitzer. I don't Spitzer. remember. It was yeah, the, he
0: went to Boston when Elliot Spitzer was the speaker, and he was going to hand in. Yeah. The the proof that Bernie Madoff was was. Was taking people, you know. The company I worked with uh, was one of the top. You know, they had money in the hedge fund. They lost oh, they three did. billion dollars. Oh, yeah. wow! Yeah, you know, we wow. couldn't talk to reporters. Whenever it was a big thing, like they got, they were like the number one. Kevin Bacon was taken. There was a lot of really high end people. Is he dead, Steve? Who? Bernie Madoff? Oh, oh I can't himself. remember. Yeah, he's dead, right? Killed uh, himself I in jail. It's, oh, I don't it's, know. it's been tragic. His kid and also also he? killed himself, and oh, his, I think it. it did he turn himself in? That's what I was. He, well, he did. He did um, after they, you know, they knew they had him. You know, oh, all right. Yeah, I think they knew they had him. But you default to truth is the point. Like talking to strangers, um, if you don't know them and you don't have the data, we always, you know, we always believe people, and people like this are the ones you you, you want to believe. And I think you have to want to believe them to have society, right? Because you mentioned going to going to the store and. Everybody not believing the cash register and taking an extra ten minutes to get out the door, especially right. now. You gotta trust
1: that the cashier's giving you your change right. right. Otherwise your life will be hell. You mm-hmm. know? And that's kind of the point he makes. It's like we start with truth and it takes proof and evidence overwhelming before, you know, he mentions like um, a spouse suspecting her husband's cheating. Yeah. You know, at the beginning it's like he says no and it's like, Oh, okay, he's a good guy. Um, but then it's you know the hotels, and then you start putting right. the pieces together, <laughs> and you know the, the, you never default with that.
0: What do you think does that? And uh, now you know friends that got you know disloyal to their spouses and got caught, and they're thrown out. Pretty soon they're they're not living at home, and you say like, what happened? And they're like, oh, they found my cell phone, right? Because a pattern a pattern occurs. It always starts with like staying out or going the same place or having a legitimate excuse not to be home playground at what point do you collect the you know stick you know snag the phone at night you know yeah and that's when it's, it's only when it's there like obvious that they'll finally not the believe light. that you know oh we're just friends or we're just working it's like clear to everybody else except the person that's happening to
1: that's so funny it yeah. makes it funny i forget what town there's a. Uh, I drove by a gentleman's club once in Boston called The Office. And I'm like, that's the most clever thing I've it's ever heard. The Office? Yeah. You just, like people say they're going to The Office. So it's on the credit card statement. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even yeah. think of that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Office. <laughs> it was a place in uh, Central Florida where I went to college. The The bar was called The Library. The it was called like, The Knight's Library. The yeah, Library.
0: Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, they want to believe. Where were you? We? I was at the library. <laughs> exactly. Well, now I'm going to get in trouble for going to the library. <laughs> yeah.
1: Was at the library a long time, then went back to the office at night.
0: <laughs> you ever see the, the, the joke that's out there now is running around YouTube or whatever, I don't know videos. the guy's The guy comes in, he's talking live. He goes, you know, I can't take it anymore. My wife's out every night. She just never home. She's always out looking around, doing her thing. And the guy goes, What's she doing? He goes, What's she doing? She's looking for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You <laughs> had to get rid of it. But defaulting to truth is a big, is a big deal. I mean, um, we talked about a eBay before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How eBay, when eBay was an idea, that somebody monetized, they, they, they had this you know, exchange, I guess, right? Whatever it's called, you could put something online, there's a place you can go bid on it, an auction. And they were worried that the, the auctions would be, you know, one, one end of the bargain would, would, would uh, screw it up. Right. And they, they, they created another industry, of these transfer agents, these brokers would hold the money until everything hit. And the reality was they didn't need it. Because in, even though we're not good at assessing strangers, most people, for the most part, like there's only one Bertie Madoff story. Most people are honest, right? Most like 99.8, percent which
1: is why we struggle,
0: right? Yeah, well, that's it what makes guys, sense yeah, that yeah. we default, you know? It's free. Well, the, the 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 gullibility it makes the con artists run free. Yeah, you know, the, there's another story about a, DA, a dia agent, a agent, a spy. Um, they call her the Cuban Queen. Her name was. Uh, Anna Costez. Montez, I think. Anna Montez. That's it. And she was like, you know, in Cuba, so obvious to everybody and nobody ever, ever, uh, you know, it was obvious in pieces, but it was never put together. Like, that's obviously the spy. Right. That was one of, one of the biggest uh, things. But everyone wanted to believe she was a, you know, quiet young girl.
1: And by the way, these are the, these are the best people in the world at this. Yeah. Castro. At oh Castro yeah well I just meant the agency
0: yeah of course you know yeah. at
1: being discreet and understanding like right. what's going on being very cognizant and aware right and you have someone higher up working for Castro right and you have a bunch of Cuban double agents sprinkled all throughout the agency um, it's really interesting
0: yeah he hired actors he hired Castro hired like theatrical actors That's as right. spies. he That's recruited right. them and, and that was a, apparently relatively easy too. You would think being a spy is a big deal, but apparently he, he is quite successful at hiring these spies, and these spies were just duping everybody. Right. Um, in, in compliance, in the, the old world I was in, it's called compliance when they oversee trades. And there was a, there was a guy uh, that I love, he retired a couple years ago, his name was Ken. And at the ev- end of every meeting, he always says, "Now remember, make sure you have a healthy dose of skepticism. Right. When you go about your day. And I never forgot that because I'm pretty damn gullible. Really? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I keep getting taken. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to believe people. But you know what? If you believe a lot of people and they can solve your problem, most of the time you'll be right. Yeah. The yeah. um, it, it,
1: And that ties in. Like he talks about our our ability to do that, our desire to do that how society tends to punish it because we don't understand it. And like that may be the best takeaway from this book. It's like understanding. So like, for example, and this was a tough chapter, but he talked about Sandusky and it it was awful to read. But basically like, you know, it talks about this guy who's just so beloved and everybody loves him. And, um, you know, people love the football team. And these atrocious things are going on. And a couple higher ups, I forget, I forget if it's the athletic director or I kind of just move these details mm. out, but um, they actually did time, right, for not reporting him, and they're like, w- uh, we didn't see it, like we didn't, I didn't believe that was, I believed him. Right, and he's saying like it's very, very plausible that that's the truth because human beings default there, and so one of the things that we can do as a society is understand that people are defaulting to truth. Understand it's our biological tendency, and not punish people for it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a counterargument to that. I don't know all the details of the case, but you know, there's he's giving one side to, to the story, and from that perspective, it makes sense. You know. Yeah. Um, I can see these people being just blown away and, and bewildered by the whole
0: thing. Well, I was proud of you today in our earlier call because every time we use books, you I see you implement things. So we had a call with a vendor, right? <laughs> oh, and yeah. instead of like saying a good reputable vendor comes from all the right references and I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, my default is let's give it a try. Big mistake, little mistake, right? The big mistake is this was the right person. We didn't hire him. The little mistake was... We ask a few more questions and make right. sure they're the right person. So Eddie vetted him a lot more. I grilled the yeah. guy. And I think yeah. it was because you just read this book. Could be. So if you, yeah, if, you, if you're interviewing someone that's important to you, you know, in life or business, and, and you know who they are, maybe you just don't take everything so perfectly honest. Right. Uh, maybe there's, a, there's also interpretation, like people dream up these rea- you know these uh, what do you call them? fictional realities they're not necessarily real right you know they're living in this fantasy land they're not who they are you got to trust but verify and what
1: believe you what you want to believe you yeah. know right. uh, for me it was i shouldn't dive into this too much but the the details and the nuance like when you can tell when someone has captured um, you know a, a niche and they truly mm. understand right. it versus the buzzwords like let's get people excited let's get yeah. an emotional response that makes me think like that ah, yeah. let's take
2: another level yeah let's ramp up yeah 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 fine, Yeah. <laughs> like, come oh. on man
0: ramp up
1: another uh an- <laughs> <laughs> i, I thought you were telling me to ramp
0: up <laughs> no, i was like no it's like dude? someone says we got to ramp up the ads we got to ramp up this so many people are full of it oh my god um Pretenders, and, and you get you know influencers. There's a lot of we you know we've done events and, and and joint marketing ventures with people that can't deliver on what they pretend they say they can. Yeah, you know, and, and some do, but not always. It's, we, I'm always surprised. We used to play buzzword bingo
1: uh, in the, when I worked in the insurance industry. Yeah, oh buzzword bingo. Oh my God, get your ducks in a row. Uh, <laughs> wears many hats. Yeah. Touch base. Yep. Yeah, that's my, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else stuck out to me. I think well, maybe what about the word, like when they give people blanks, like letters with blanks, and, and you know, you have to fill them out. Oh, right, right. So it could be T R blank blank, and someone would say one thing, another person would say another thing. What would you say,
0: quick? T R blank blank. Ah, uh, true. Tree. Tree. True. Right. Does that mean I'm a I'm a green? That means you're a botanist, and you're I'm a botanist. I'll, be, I'll
2: take it. I'd rather be a botanist than whatever true means. <laughs> truthful, truthful. Yeah, honest. I'd rather be a botanist Exceed. than remotely T-R. honest. I, I thought of tree when when you tree. When he, yeah, when you oh, oh, said cool.
1: that's cool.
2: Yeah, but doesn't he say that people like particularly
0: that are. That want to put their opinion on this person they don't know. Like, that person must be this way. That's what was amazing. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, what is it? Here's your words.
1: And I think these define you. Oh, no, no, no. Those are just, just random. They came out of me. They have nothing to do with me. That same person. Okay. Uh, well, here's Terry's words. And they look. Oh, well, I can see Terry is this, this. Right. And want to tell your whole life story by the same words that they
0: say doesn't define them. It's like the pictures that you draw in front of the psychologist, right? Like this guy, I think's ready to cut his own head off, right? <laughs> right? He's, he's like, was it Goodwill Hunting, when in the Goodwill oh, the, uh, the man, scene where he so starts good. picking apart, his, my favorite movie. starts picking apart this paint by numbers? Mm. He's like, looks like you're about ready to jump out of that boat, Whitey, but yeah, you don't know, you don't know. It's a it best guess. I mean, the only reason I said tree was, I looked T R, I was like playing Scrabble, like I was going mm. for the. Easy word, tree, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the um, you see that a lot like, you know, you don't read people right and then ex- the expressions too is, a, is another um, another thing I, I, I think was kind of cool because he used friends as a as an example. Like You could watch friends without the noise on you kind of know what's going on by the way they're looking, they're acting, you know, they're oh, yeah, they're like right. acting the face. That's what actors do. They hit you with the, the the words and the gestures and then the, the, the physiological but the reality is someone could be super happy. I had a roommate like this. Like I like, Dave, how you doing? He looked like he was falling asleep because this is the best time I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. He's a really quiet engineer. Wish he had a couple cocktails and he started once in a while he'd like crack a little smile. Yeah. But that was his way of enjoying life. He just liked to be quiet and, and chilled out. He's completely content and everyone thought he was miserable.
1: Yeah. I mean that goes right back to the Knox case, right? Who what what started that sentence? What were you saying though? Because there was it brought me somewhere and I lost it.
0: Yeah, the right. facial expressions. The
1: facial expressions. Yeah. So the way that did that blow your mind? Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah. I mean the way that we like surprise face, drop jaw, like yeah, um, is not real. That's not how we really act when we're surprised. That's like folklore. Right. And so when they when they <laughs> did this test, um, uh, a study. Uh, controlled study on on that and the facial expressions we make. The amount of people that actually did that when they were surprised was almost nothing. Yeah, low. And um, and and then you talk about the premise of not understanding
0: people. It's because we're using the wrong metrics.
1: Right.
0: You know, it's just uh, they had um, they had done that facial recognition with little kids. You know, this is happy. This is sad. This is mad. And the kids got it right. In from the watching West. watching American TV, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and then and then they took it to a, a, a was it an indigenous type tribe that had very remember. little? It was some kind of tribe, I don't remember because it was it was a cool thing, and they got almost none of them right.
1: Yeah,
0: right, and they were happy people; they weren't unhappy. They just don't, you know, they don't look at it like a a normal Rockwell painting when they're happy. They, you know, they, they relate the way they relate. So there in itself makes it nearly impossible to correctly assess somebody at face value and you don't even know who they are. Right. You haven't probed. You don't have any real data on people. And then, uh, you know, that was the, he opens and closes with Sandra Bland, which was the lady that was from Chicago that, right, that uh, he pulled over for, in Texas, she was going to a new job and pulled her over for changing lanes, I guess. Dragged her out of the car, fully videoed. Three days later, she's killed herself in, in Texas prison, Texas jail.
1: Both people wildly misread that situation. Right. Yeah. And again, I, I want to prep it. Like, this is one side of a story. Right. You know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she was all upset. Yep. And even taking out a cigarette, he interpreted as a threat to his safety. Right. And you can just see, like, the whole thing escalating super quick. Whoops.
0: Yeah, because... I guess it depends on you know who you're going to believe, and I wasn't there, so I don't have an opinion, but all I saw was a video that there is a side to each of the story that he could have very well perceived he's in danger because he doesn't know her, and she could have perceived he was you know aggravating and provoking her, right and maybe ne- in neither case it was true because they didn't know each other, right they didn't know their tonality, their facial expressions, they were just going off of raw data, you know profiling, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's what this I think that's what this book is. People don't take enough time to probe, including me, you know, about who somebody is and what they're about, what they stand for. Yeah, what or, they're known for, or
1: just know. be be aware of that right. fact. Yeah, you know, because the w- the interesting thing, like when they were talking about um, uh, where's Ferguson. Texas? No, no, no. Uh, Missouri, the biggest. Oh, St. Louis. They were talking oh, about the crime oh, in uh, right. in St. Louis, and you know, they at one point they did a stop and fresh. They they you know pulled over tons of cars, and the amount of guns that they wanted to stop, reduce guns, mm-hmm. and the, the amount that they actually pulled over, and out of like hundreds of thousands of vehicles, was like sixteen. Right. And so, acting, always acting on the opposite of truth, always being skeptical, right. is incredibly detrimental, too. Yeah. Right. So, truth is what holds a society together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the point is understand and just be aware that that's the case. Right. Um, I, I don't know, man. This is tough to like grab one theme and. and
0: well, there were so many that the one, I mean, I, I liked the book. Eight by chapter by chapter. It was entertaining. Together, exactly. I had a hard time. It just was like, I mean, it was a, an idea I got relatively soon. It was like, oh, yeah, you better start. You got to operate under the reality that some people are going to steal from you or lie to you or misrepresent or hurt you. And there's not much you can do about it if you've done your due diligence. Right. And I was in, I had the investigators in my office once. The, the SEC was in there. And they're going through all the files. And they're combing through thousands of emails and they pulled me into the room and I was like, um, and they said, do you surveil emails to clients? And they said, oh yeah, we look at them all. Every one of them. It's a pain in the ass at the time. Thank God I'm not doing it anymore. And then the guy goes, do you surveil emails between each other, these, the, between financial reps? And I said, we don't. And I, I was on the airplane and I had just read an article about the Four Seasons and the Four Seasons said, we don't, teach people to be nice. We hire nice people. And when I told the regulator, because it was right on the tip of my tongue, I'm not this clever. I says, you know, we don't teach people to be honest, Mr. Regulator. We hire honest people. Mm-hmm. And we, do, we go to every measure possible to hire the very best available, ethical, good founded values and, and beliefs, and we hire them. And sometimes we're not right. That's, that's, that's an acceptable loss, I think, because you can't ever be completely right. Right. Otherwise, you'll have, no, you have no society.
1: That's no true. No one will leave their house. And that's an accurate statement, right? Right. I mean, I'm sure you, you did try and hire the right ethical people.
0: Yeah. We got robbed before a couple times. It happens. You don't know until later. Either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After, it's like you years later, that guy robbed, robbed everybody. Wow. Yeah. But that's, I think that's the, the, kind of what I took from the book is like you don't know. And it's impossible to always be right. You'll never do anything like if you're looking at an opportunity or you're looking at recreating yourself and you're putting a team together. Because we just talked to Carmine Gallo, who we're doing next week. We did a great interview with him, fantastic about team building. Mm -hmm. You know the elements of a team building. You know you can't start picking the right people until you at least have a pool of honest people. Right, (laughs) right.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't you can't be looking over your shoulder and succeed. There's just no way to.
0: Like to, to do that. There's references, there's credit checks, there's all that stuff, but you still going to have people. Well, I mean, like,
1: feel like you're going to get stabbed in the back. Right. Like, you, you can't, to, yeah,
0: you yeah. can't, because you got you got you gotta, uh, a vision to, to, to complete. You can't imagine that. Imagine being on a, I mean, you a crew, crew, right? Yeah. And you have somebody rowing the other way while you guys were one way. <laughs> mm. Like, they're sabotaging your scores somehow. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. That'd be a terrible feeling. No, there's yeah. people out there that do that. Not many, very few, but there are. Or so you think. Maybe there's more <laughs> like Steve could be a Russian spy or something.
2: Possibly. One thing I heard, um, speaking to what you're saying about one central theme, that was kind of cool. I heard Malcolm on, uh, Malcolm Gladwell on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was saying with that case with the lady that she, she pulled him over and it like escalated so quickly is that one thing he thinks is like the training was really off. Like, mm-hmm. like you're saying with coming from the thing that everybody's got a gun, uh, that that training is just backwards. And then also he said, just, uh, try to inject more time. And I think that's a a central theme of the book as well, is like all these things, these facial expressions are like an instant. And uh, trying to read somebody and know if they're lying is like if you just give it more time, if you're trying to hire somebody, go through a process and try to, that's how you learn someone. You're not gonna know them from the very first reading, their first body language, everybody's, there's so many interactions going on for the first meeting that time is a big thing that should happen to help these situations.
1: Gathering that evidence?
0: Yeah. My great mentor taught me a technique when he hired key managers he's, he said always go play golf with them because he was a stickler for the USGA rules of golf and he said if you catch him cheating and they, they don't self-report don't hire them hmm.
2: we had a singing contest <laughs> right the singing uh, fine remember we were singing when we were you got to self-report hey, that's the integrity curious, who, yeah.
1: who lost the singing contest
2: I lost on my own because... On integrity. That's yeah, what
1: it
0: was. No, I. He, but, no, but he tried to lose. No, because Steve sings off tone and Eddie sings Disney songs. I mean, both of which are like, po- poke my eye out. We I tell sent him the- a message. Uh, it was my sandbox. Cause it was back yeah. in the old studio. And I said, $10 fine if you sing yeah. during working time. And he lost his own game. But, but you know, that's where the, the rules of golf stay, just so you know. Uh, you have to report on yourself. If you make an, a rules infraction in golf, you have to t- t- tell on yourself. That's a gentleman's game.
2: And then we turned our singing yeah, fine into a gentleman's And then if you're singing game. in the shower and yeah. no one's there, you've got to call you gotta, yourself yeah, up for you a point. Right. <laughs> so I taught, t- uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I taught
0: Steve that technique, and then the we ended up, uh, yeah. So I mean, the whole point I'm glad being, we did it. It was fun. That was fun. Yeah, there's something to do. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much else to do that's what happens when the hey, quarantine we're, came we're around we're sequestered too just so yeah. you know
2: uh yeah, great but was, the, the other thing that uh, the experiment reminded me of which we mentioned was the when they did the experiment of how the people would react to their, the murder happening and like a lot of people didn't have the shocked face was the joe exotic documentary we were watching oh and i know most people are probably watching that because they're home binge watching but that one guy spoiler alert uh, he killed himself I and mean, then they had the, they had him on camera doing it but like he was out of camera but the guy who was in the room with him watched it happen was on camera and he was shocked He'd, He, I think he had a wide mouth open face did he? But either way, he got angry afterwards because yeah. the kid who killed himself, used to joke around a lot, right. and he was he got very animated and angry, and it was very strange to watch on tape because you're like, and he was narrating as it was happening, saying, "I was very angry because I thought he was playing a joke on me and it wasn't funny, and he wasn't moving, yeah. and the fact that he was getting angry is just like perfect example of this. Now looking back, is like someone to get angry in that situation, you'd have no idea why if someone just killed himself, so. Yeah,
0: the, really the face didn't match the situation at all. Though. I mean, mm. first of all, you don't get training on seeing someone kill themselves in front of you on what your face should look like. <laughs> it's going to look the way it, the body, the reaction is. Yeah. There's a noise. There's a, a, you know, the visual part about it. Yeah, it was crazy. But
2: anyway, that's similar to the experience. We're not.
0: <laughs> I guess, I guess the, uh, the point being is, you know, integrity. Mm. Um, you, you assume people have integrity. We operate under that assumption. I think that's healthy. Right, I don't think we spend enough time. My point: we don't spend enough time getting to know people. So whether it's golf or lunch or something that's important, that's going to be a, a long-term thing. Invest a little more time. Yep. You know, and don't make assumptions. You, you know,
2: four agreements. That's from the Four Agreements book. Don't make assumptions. It is. Yeah, that's. What, I you think I read a, that book. Pretty yet. sure it's I'm one of them. Not sure what that is. The Four Agreements. It's by. Is it by Polo Coelho? No, I'm thinking of the Alchemist. No let be impeccable Don with your word, Miguel. right? Impeccable with your word. Don't uh, make assumptions.
0: It's four. it's for agreements you make with yourself. I I, didn't, I haven't read it, but I was on a yoga mat once and a lady was telling me
2: about it. <laughs> it's a really good one. Maybe we'll do it. Cool. Simple one. But uh, one more yeah. thing I was going to say, um, yeah. what was I about to say? I can't remember now. What were we just talking about right before you said that? The, the four, four agreements. agreements. Um,
0: Oh, we, we, that we don't spend enough time meeting people. We make assumptions, about them. Oh, yeah. We come to, you know, a lot of times errant conclusions about who they really are. Sometimes you're wrong about who they really are. And, and you know, they're better than you really think. They're not worse. They're better. Like, there's a much better person. You were one of the people that I met as a stranger, hired relatively quickly, and I hired you, and you were exactly what you say you were, if not more. Appreciate that. Yeah. That doesn't happen every
1: I would say that's the exception
2: I, I, Yeah, in so, my experience. So that's a great point. It's like I, as you guys know, I, a lot of times I give people the benefit of the doubt, maybe too much. But
1: Will I, you tell your moving story real quick. Ho- hopefully yeah. this
2: isn't going like three hours, but Not that at blows me No, we're mind. at a 40-minute mark, okay. so we're good. All right. So the moving we story just moved, with this buddy. so I had a, this is like a perfect <laughs> example <laughs> I love of that. who I am. This is kind of perfect because it's like <laughs> that thing is like a... So I helped. So I needed help moving. Someone agreed. I'll try to make this story short. Someone agreed. And then the day of when they were supposed to meet me there... Uh, They didn't show up, but luckily I had another friend nearby that was able to help me. And then a few months later, the same, and I was texting the friend that didn't show up. I was like, hey, I just need a no so I could confirm with somebody else. I didn't want to like ask and I didn't want to have to like, I don't know if he was just not picking up his phone or what, no response. So that's worse than a no. And then I, my other friend or later, a few months later, the same friend that stood me up, asked me to move him. And to, and I did. And what did you say, Steve? <laughs> I said yes. And then on top of it, the funny part was that he I think he forgot. He must have forgot. That's what kind of made it easier, is that he said the same thing happened to him with one of his friends, that someone stood him up um, and didn't even give him a response. And it was like it was like a weird deja vu moment. But I chose to believe that he was just absent-minded. And <laughs> See, f- I think he's mismatched I, Well, Well, here's the thing. Here's what I was going to say, what Ty reminded me of, is that's like – it goes to like your way of life. Is like I rather – Trust people because if i if I say to that like he was just a completely thing I'd I much rather believe and go through life thinking. He had a misstep he didn't know how to say no, and he wanted to he had something else he had to do and he didn't know how to say no and he didn't have the courage to say no, mm-hmm. then rather just he just lied and totally was like cynical about it. And that what do you goes think the, the
1: odds favor, just out of curiosity?
2: I honestly think that he was... he. Well, he definitely forgot that he said that... I said that thing, the same thing to him, that he... But when it came to the thing, I think he really just... Couldn't, couldn't do it and couldn't say, say now. Now. And, and, yeah. no. I, no, I I think he had his phone. I think he really chose not to do it. <laughs> and I really think he was like... <laughs> i glad you at least came to that conclusion. Oh, yeah, no. that was, <laughs> was like, this
0: guy's not your friend, <laughs> <laughs> newsflash.
2: Right. right. But, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to believe everybody's going to do that or just... I mean, that's not a great example because he didn't lie. He just didn't say anything. He was kind of just a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> at the same time, I still would help because it's just like I'd rather just do the positive thing because I don't want to go through life thinking that everybody's going to fuck me over. I'd rather be the other way around. Oh, rare no, F-bomb. On sorry the, about on that, yeah. <laughs>
0: we're going <gonna leave laughs> to leave it because <laughs> right. we're going gonna to bribe you. What do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> bribe? Blackmail black me. Blackmail black black me. Black first, mailed he he's
1: Father t- Teresa. <laughs> then
0: he's dropping F-bombs on the podcast. You're going to pick a side. out all the credibility you had as a nice guy with that statement.
2: Communication. Do we have any questions? I don't. Let me see. I don't have it up.
0: If you do have questions, you can text us at 754-273-6069. Quick note on this, because I I feel like we were... I actually had a question, but... Oh, go for it. Go for it. I have a question. How can you tell when someone's telling the truth? Do you take a lie detector test?
1: Well, you can't. And according to the book, there are certain things we look for. We look for a lack of eye contact, yeah. we look for stumbling, but they're not necessarily indicative of lying. So I think like what what he says in the book, what Steve alluded to, you just got to hang you got to get to know them and
0: gather evidence. The best people in the world at it are just slightly, he said, 52%. The best people in the CIA world at it or are DIA. 52 54%. Yeah. It's just slightly better than random.
1: That is terrifying.
0: Yeah. Like, they're not any better at it. Like, you could you could sit under a palm tree, and guess, and do almost as good or better if you get lucky. But um, I've taken a lie detector test. Yeah. Yeah. I had to take a truth. Ver- it was called truth verification. The one I took was, was when I got accused of uh, drinking alcohol on a transplant waiting list. And I said, well, I hadn't been drinking and I would have probably died if I couldn't reverse it. So I figured out how to get a lie detector test. So I went to a a secure facility in Jacksonville and the guy administered the same lie detector test they use in Guantanamo Bay. That it's new technology, it's not the polygraph. And I passed and there's no known deceptions and they claim 98% Hmm. accuracy. But I've also heard that that's probably not the case either because you can train yourself to do anything, right? Um, but you know how do you know when someone's lying to you there's no I don't know to... look at me well what if there was an, a what if there was an algorithm a computer algorithm that could detect when you're lying so you could have like a a beep go off and it's 100% sure that you're lying what, what would that do to the world like
2: um like you, no, there's no such thing as lying. You can't lie without being caught. Ooh, I have another thing. Sorry to what? cut you off. But Malcolm was on that same podcast with Joe Rogan. He was saying, because Joe brought up, what if you can read people's minds? Like, wouldn't this all come, like, you can, You don't have to worry about this anymore because you know what their expression meant, all these different things. And he said that would bring up a lot more, a lot other uh, po- problems. Because, for example, like, if I have a thought, my instant thought might be completely wrong, right. and then I need time to think about it, and then be like, oh, Terry was right with what he said, right. but like if you get my first initial reaction, be like that was a dumb thing you said. Then you would think I'm thinking bad about you, and it just that leads to so many other problems. So It was a really fascinating response to that. And well,
1: this is from what interview? This was Joe from Rogan?
2: Uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. Well, the the if, if you if you had no way, if you had a 100% way to detect a
0: lie, there'd be no need for courts, there no need for it would change the world. Um, when the kid in uh, the Stanford story, and I'll close with this: uh, that the, the the two foreign students saw. The, the guy raping the girl or allegedly raping the girl, at the Stanford, uh, the freshman who was drunk. And she was drunk. Rock Turner. Yeah, but his first reaction was to, you know, why'd you run? And that was his first reaction. doesn't mean he's guilty. It's just what he, you know, he didn't have, uh, he didn't have uh, experience with this, obviously. And it's, uh, it's interesting, you know. It's just interesting that what, what, what's the right... And you don't know time, yeah, yeah. And he
1: gets—we won't get into that, but there, he gets into a lot about alcohol and how that manipulates what's—it makes already a difficult thing exponentially harder. Yeah, um, it's almost
0: impossible to, for two drunk people to read each other. <laughs> and call it myopia. Yeah, you know, myopia is a, is, a, is when you can only see things in front of you. It's when the eyeball stretches, but alcohol gives you a social myopia. You do things and you don't see far. You see no. Yeah, so you have someone drinking and two people drinking. They don't know each other. I mean, in this case, they were both strangers to one another and they're mm-hmm. also drinking. I think he has said it was impossible to to Just,
2: assess really what happened. Black, you know, the was blacked out, right? Just be nice to each other.
0: That's good. Thanks. That's Father good Teresa, Steve, <laughs> be effing nice to, in your own words. <laughs> good boy. Uh,
1: but um, so last note on this because just a reminder that we did look at this through the lens of, you know, like we're we're always thinking like how do we take these and tie it to business and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So I hope it didn't come across as like undermining the book. It's actually incredibly entertaining and it's a really fun read and I'd recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty quick read too. Uh, I'm not even looking into the camera. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty good read too. Um, so definitely definitely check it out. If I'm making a list of a hundred books pertaining to business this isn't on it but it's still a great read
0: yeah, so. it's interesting It's definitely yeah, there's there's utility of it in business you know for interviewing people for making snap judgments to employees to building teams there's some really good stuff in there yeah but do you feel like it's it's a reach to put in like a top list i don't or? know if i ever get a chance to meet the guy i don't want to chuck him off my hundred list <laughs>
1: hey he's one of <laughs> the best authors of all time i'm saying for he business. wrote outliers
0: uh, david and goliath i, I don't know what a hundred i mean you wrote a lot it's not. It's, it's, it's a good book for business. It's definitely not only a business book. It's a good book for life. Yeah, I'd say so. It's not necessarily only a book. I'm sure you didn't design it for business, but it does have utility in business, my opinion. Um, next week, we had a, a, a talk with Carmine Gallo today. Um, awesome guy. This guy helped me with my TED talk. And he wrote Talk Like Ted. He wrote Storyteller Secrets. He wrote The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And he just wrote five stars. How to go from good to great this is a book on communications and he did a really special uh, segment on the COVID 19 and the importance of co- communication now more than ever
1: yeah it's a great interview great book and uh excited to talk about it awesome see you next week